Ho, 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 ho. Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to Last Night in the Association, our NBA recap show. Uh, if you are of a certain age, you know that song that's playing in, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But on the line tonight is my co-partner in this endeavor. It's Will Sachs. Will, say what's happening. Will, Will Sachs in the house. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, children's story. Slick Rick the Ruler. Playing us in, uh, we'll talk a little bit later about why we're playing Slick Rick today. Yeah, and I do have a, as the music may play us out later, uh, I do have a Slick Rick story, a very recent Slick Rick story, actually. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. So, yeah, it's the playoffs, uh, first round, uh, still wrapping up. We only got one conclusion of a series, which we'll talk about here in the second half when we get to the Western Conference playoffs. But in the first half, we'll tip off in the East. Although, before I do that, we to give you all a behind-the-scenes thing, we, we go over, like, show notes, you know, to kind of figure out the order of what we're going to talk about things. And I'll, I try not to throw too many curveballs at the people that, uh, that host the shows. But you went and saw Rampage the other day, sir. Uh, your Instagram sold you out. So, one, why did you go see Rampage and give us a – 45-second review of The Rock's Rampage. Well, hey, you know, Rampage, uh, The Rock is definitely the the hero, the action hero of the new millennium taking the place of Sly Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger back in our day. Um, you know, he entertained me in Jumanji, me and the family, so we gave him another try with uh, Rampage, and it was an entertaining movie, you know, the video game back in the day. Uh, you know, that's, again, back in our era, if you will. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, the movie was entertaining, uh, some action, of course, uh, you know, a lot of special effects, uh, more comedy uh, than I anticipated, but uh, a pretty good movie. The kids enjoyed it, the whole family. Uh, we went. It was a good time. Go see Rampage no. with Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, nice, very nice. All right, man, let's hit this. Hit, let's hit this uh, first half of these Eastern Conference playoffs. Hey, the matching suit team, uh, the Cavs, they even the series up with the Pacers two to two behind LeBron's thirty-two points. Lots of big shots from role players, especially Cal Corver in the fourth quarter. Uh, they even up the series. Yeah, you got to give it up to the Cavs. You know, LeBron James is going to do his thing as he. Seems to always does. The king will be the king, but he has needed help. And uh, help today, or at least in that game, game four, came in the likes of Kyle Korver down the stretch, hitting three, really three key buckets uh, in the fourth quarter to really uh, sustain or hold off, I should say, uh, the Pacers. The Pacers were, uh, hey, they were right there. They're playing some solid ball. Uh, Oladipo maybe struggled a little bit in game four, game three a little bit as well, uh, but the Pacer team has played well, giving Cleveland all they want. Uh, but when it comes down to it, you got to put uh, LeBron in charge, and LeBron uh, leads his team to even up the series at two. Yeah, it it feels like a seven-game series, uh, you know, with each team holding hold serve, uh, the, you know, it just feels like that best of three is going to wind up with a game seven back in Indiana. Uh, that's just kind of how it feels. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way or not. Well, game seven, if it goes that far, uh, would end up back in Cleveland. Actually. It's Cleveland, like game, yeah. In, in game seven, you know, you would think the nod would go to the Cavaliers, would go to LeBron James. You know, I don't think LeBron wishes it to go that far. 
I'm sure he'll uh, push every button he can to try to get the Cavs uh, to win the next two. However, it would not surprise me at all if this was a seven-game series. Speaking of which, with LeBron, you know, being able to gear it up, uh, the playoff schedule is ridiculous. Now, they gave us uh, all the basketball you could want uh, over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so I appreciate that. So the Cavs play yesterday. Uh, they get the late game, the 8 o'clock start, so they're in the house by, I don't know, on their plane by 11 o'clock. They don't play again until Wednesday night. It's just ridiculous. I mean, the three full days essentially off before you get the game, and that's great for you know the Cavs and older teams because they, they need the extra rest. But I mean, it's not even. I mean, it's not even the regular NBA schedule that get as many days off. Yeah, the playoff schedule is always a bit uh, confusing, a bit perplexing, if you will. The uh, usually you will play one game or one day off in between, uh, and then maybe two game, two days off if you when you travel. Yeah, but to go from Indiana to uh, Cleveland is a hop, skip, and a jump. And, uh, you know, and they get three days off. So uh, that is a little bit, you know, it's all about rating and it's all about how can we spread out the game so so we at least got two games on each evening. And, you know, with Cleveland, uh, you probably pull in the highest ratings of any of the teams uh, in the playoffs. You know, you got to uh, get them in a prime situation. And I guess uh, Wednesday is that uh, situation for the Cavs and the Pacers. Ugh. Greg Lamont could bicycle from Indiana to Cleveland and not be all that gassed or wind about it. I don't I don't understand how they need that many days off. I do I understand it's the T V schedule and they're trying to you know, 'cause now you know, game five or game six gets you pushed into the weekend and that's where they get all their ratings. Like I get I get all of that. But uh, we come from a day when there used to be back to back playoff games. So you know, getting three days off in between that is just, it's just a little bit much for me. All right. Yeah, it's um, a bit much. Uh, that's when real men play basketball back then. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, real men and the shorts were much shorter. All right. Uh, the Bucks even the series as well, uh, two to two behind the Greek Freak. Uh, they get a little bit of help finally, man, from Japari Parker. He comes out and complains about not playing. Uh, and then he winds up going in and doing well in games three and games four coming off the bench. Um, they even the series. The, the Celtics are going to have trouble all the time, man, because they just can't get enough scoring, it seems. Yeah, this has been the most entertaining series, in, in my opinion, so far. And, you know, the, it's not necessarily the, the basketball has been scintillating play from both teams. However, it, it's been my – the competitiveness has been there, plus the youth on the court is uh, really on display when you got Antetokounmpo is 23, you got Chris Middleton, 26, Jabari Parker, as you mentioned, stepping up, he's 23. Even Thon Maker made an appearance yeah. for the Bucks with a couple key blocks and hit three threes in game three where he really stepped up. Uh, he's only 21, you know, and then you flip it over to the Celtics, you know, they're being led by the young guns, Jalen Brown, 21, Jason Tatum is only 20, Terry Rozier is only 24, so the youth on display in this series is absolutely amazing. The future of the NBA is in great hands uh, with a lot of these young players. You know, the the Celtics, as you mentioned, will struggle to score. Uh, they'll be in every game, but you know they're they're definitely uh, leaning heavily on uh, Tatum and Brown. They got some good news though. 
uh, that Marcus Smart, uh, yep. he's only 24, and he's going to possibly uh, be ready possibly for game five, more definitely game six, uh, and he's going to add some defense and experience even though he's only 24. Yeah, um, the Bucks have been really in every game, uh, save for game two, which kind of got away from them a little bit late. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think they're at any real disadvantage going into Boston for game five. No, I don't think so either. These teams are pretty evenly matched, you know, especially with the injuries Boston uh, has, you know, really uh, levels the, the playing floor. Uh, and you see both teams going at it as whoever – uh, makes that last run. It's been a, a series of runs uh, that have uh, decided the games. You know, Boston in game four made a real late run. Uh, they a furious run down the stretch, uh, but they just fell a little bit short, uh, falling by two to the Bucks. So I've really enjoyed watching this series, my favorite so far. I definitely think this series is going seven. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, I was weird that uh... – was that Marquise Morris got the last shot for the Celtics in that game? I'm like, mm, probably wouldn't have been my first guess, uh, especially that far away from the basket. But, uh, yeah, it seems like a seven-game series as well. Uh, I, I found it as, as entertaining as it can be, only because the, the home crowds have been so far into it. I mean, uh, the people in Milwaukee were fired up, especially for game four. Yeah, there was even an Aaron Rodgers fighting, you know, even yeah. with – uh, the the Green Bay Packers star quarterback, and he even now has a stake in the Milwaukee Bucks as a as a part owner. So, uh, you know, when you when you can get Aaron Rodgers to make an appearance, you know things are going great. So yeah, the fans have, have really stepped behind their team, and uh, I really enjoy watching this series. I can't wait uh, until Game Five. Yeah, was Danica there? I didn't see Danica. Uh, I don't know if Danica made an appearance. Uh, at the at the game, I have seen them recently. Uh, so hey, you know it can't go wrong when uh, a Danica sighting either. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about his uh, his jeterisms at some point in time because uh, his yeah he 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 does pretty well for himself. But a different podcast. All right, um, nobody beats the Wiz, man. The Wizards even the series with the Raptors, the two the two. Uh, did the Wiz win it or did the Raptors choke it away, sir? Because you it's the can't trust it series. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, when Washington uh, trailed most of the game, you know, trailed, they were struggling early especially. They made a little run in the third quarter, but still were down eight uh, in the fourth quarter with about seven and a half, eight minutes to go. And then even later in the fourth quarter, Bradley Beal, who finally stepped up, you know, all-star Bradley Beal for the Wizards who had 31, he fouls out. You think, oh, no, it's over for Washington. Just the opposite. They go on a 14-4 run to close the game, and and Kyle Lowry did his typical disappearing act, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter. And and very disappointing loss for the Raptors. I know Coach Dwayne Casey uh, probably thought he had that one uh, sewed up, especially when Bill went out. Uh, but DeRozan couldn't do it himself. Lowry disappeared down the stretch. All the pressure shifts to the Raptors as it heads back to Toronto. Um, uh, they could have easily lost game one, uh, showed up big in game two. Uh, all that pressure shifts back to them. Everybody thinks that they're choking dogs. But Washington has also has that same 
<laughs> has that same reputation as well. Uh, I saw an interview with John Wall. They said that uh, Drake said that they were he trash talked him and said they were going to get swept. That's obviously not happening now. Who do you give the the edge to between these two kind of you know butthole type teams heading through this best of three series now? Well, I tell you right now, I'm going to lean towards the Wiz. Uh, I think momentum is definitely on their side. However, momentum is usually only good as the home crowd. Uh, right now, uh, going back to Toronto, you would think it would shift uh, to the Raptors, but uh, I think the Wizards are, are, are right there. Uh, you know, John Wall playing good ball. Like I said, Bradley Beal finally made it a, a true uh, all-star appearance, and uh, you got to think it will continue in game five. So I'm going to give the Wizards a slight edge uh, to steal one in game five and maybe close it out in game six. And the Heat will definitely be on uh, the Raptors, uh, probably to make some uh, some wholesale changes, uh, especially with uh, Coach Dwayne Casey if this one slips away. Yeah, it would be, I think, the third time only if a, a one beats an eight uh, in NBA history. Uh, yeah, that's never a good look. So um, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I, I really like the Wiz tomorrow night. And, yeah, I don't trust the Raptors on the road to win a game like that. So, all right. Uh, we head uh, down to my area of the world after being uh, up there in Washington, down with the Heat. Uh, they lose to the Sixers. They go down three to one. Uh, really, in my uh, to be honest with you, it's been my favorite series to watch, even though my team isn't winning uh, because of the physicality of the playoffs. Uh, as the you know the Heat understanding and knowing that they can't win this series without mucking it up a little bit because they can't score. Uh, but down 3-1, Embiid comes back and has a huge game Friday night. Uh, struggles a little bit on, on the Sunday afternoon tilt, uh, but they're able to sneak out the win in Miami. Well, I think uh, the Heat did decide after losing, uh, you know, after losing uh, pretty decisively early on that, hey, we got to change some things, and they did decide, hey, we got to make a physical series, uh, and they did come out and do so a little bit. But – uh, surprisingly, the young Philadelphia 76ers, they matched it. They matched it, led by Joel Embiid. They they, they took a punch, if you will. Uh, Justice Winslow even tried to break the mask of uh, Embiid uh, to no avail. And, uh, you know, the Sixers are in the driver's seat uh, moving forward. You know, again, when you're getting, uh, you know, the, the rookie, Ben Simmons, uh, doing what he does, triple doubles, uh, just making everyone uh, better, making all the players around him better. And you still got uh, Bellinelli and, and Ilyasova uh, contributing as well. So when you got players, your, your quote-unquote role players, playing big minutes and really uh, stepping up, uh, you got to lean towards Philly. They're leaning towards uh, Embiid, and Simmons are going to do theirs, but uh, they're getting a lot of help. I think the Sixers close it out in game five. Yeah. The Heat, you know, uh, they're constantly going to struggle to score. You know, they needed a, t- a throwback performance by Dwayne Wade just to win game two. Uh, he comes out and struggles mightily in game three, uh, plays a little bit better in game four. They get a little bit of help. Like somebody got Hassan Whiteside off the milk carton and woke him up. Uh, I, I don't think, as a Heat fan, I don't know if there's ever been a more frustrating Heat player that you know is good, but he's just mentally is just not there. And, you know, you get shown up by Embiid in both of those games as well. Uh, yeah, they, they they just can't score. You know, maybe later, maybe Justice Winslow takes this 
as an opportunity to get better for next year. But uh, yeah, they just they just they just don't have enough scoring. Yeah, I don't understand Whiteside either. He was borderline All Star, uh, you know, a season ago. He was, and even this year had a had a decent season when he was on the court. Uh, except for you know when he was injured away from the team, but he had a pretty good season. But uh, against uh, Embiid, Embiid is in his head, you know, whether it's yeah. on social media or on the court. You know, Embiid is in his head, and it's definitely showing uh, in this series because he's not even talked about. When you talk about the Heat uh, playing against the Sixers in this series, he's not even mentioned. Um, and that's uh, disappointing uh, for him as well as the, the Heat franchise because he was, uh, you know, hoped to be one of the cornerstone pieces going forward, but uh, his performance in this series uh, might make them uh, second, second guess that decision. Yeah, he's their highest-paid player. Uh, it's always been a maturity issue for Hassan Whiteside. Um, it, it always has been uh, people, you know, that's what it is. He's you know he's just sometimes not motivated to play. Uh, they gave him a bit a bunch of money at the beginning of uh, I guess this past summer or maybe the previous summer. He's just, he's just that dude. That's basically it. You can't win with him. So all right, we head into the second half. We head out west. Uh, there's a game currently on actually as the Rockets and the Timberwolves are uh, playing. We'll get to that here in a second. Uh, yesterday the champs go down and you know they go down you know, not necessarily hard but they go down pretty good. Uh, you know, the Spurs weren't going to just give up and, you know, fold in that closeout game, especially because it could be the last game for a couple of players on that team. Uh, so, yeah, Ch- champs head home, uh, up 3-1, but, you know, the Spurs doing their thing. Yeah, I was a little surprised that, uh, you know, Golden State didn't come out with the fire to want to close out the Spurs to go ahead and, and close the door on the chapter of the season for them, as as you mentioned, probably the career uh, of a couple others. Um, you know, the the champs came out lackluster. You know, so yeah. they thought, yeah, they were just going to run through them, and and they thought maybe San Antonio was going to lay down. Uh, but hey, they're a prideful bunch. You know, they even had Manu Ginobili uh, roll back the clock, if you will, and play some some big minutes and some good ball for the Spurs. And, you know, they are playing, you know, for their coach, you know, Popovich, uh, who lost his wife. So, you know, they're definitely playing uh, with him, you know, on their mind, you know, trying to do something uh, they're not expected to do. So they're going to give it all they have. You know, it's always difficult to close out a team, uh, but I do anticipate uh, the Spurs uh, being closed out in game five. I'm sure the Golden State home crowd uh, will motivate the team to uh, do just that in Game 5. Yeah, you mentioned Popovich, who will also not be coaching in Game 5 as well. Um, yeah, the the uh, champs get a scare, too, at the end of Game 3, where Kevin Durant twists his ankle at the top of the uh, middle, middle of the court, was down and went out You know, for the last however few minutes of that game. Steph Curry is supposed to be back uh, for the start of the next series against the team we're about to talk about here in a second. Uh, so, yeah, they better – they need to get that in, get that rest in so they're all ready for round two. Yeah, they better go ahead and close out because I think uh, their second-round matchup, surprising as it might be, uh, is going to be uh, an interesting matchup against the Pelicans of New Orleans. That's right. So let's read right into that. The Pelicans close out the Blazers and 
I don't think anybody saw this coming, especially in the way that it happened as well. Uh, first team in, the only team in the round two. Uh, we get playoff Rondo, Mirchich, uh, Drew Holiday, and, of course, AD, man. that That's going to be a tough out for uh, Golden State because uh, it, it creates matchup. AD is a matchup problem for everybody. But, you know, defensively, you know, the champs aren't what they used to be. Yeah, I tell you, uh, whenever you have a player of the caliber of Anthony Davis, you have a chance. But when he's getting help from all over the court, from, as you mentioned, you know, Miritich, we mentioned previously how he spreads the court. Uh, Are they a better team without Cousins? We've mentioned that. Uh, The first series would definitely say maybe so. Uh, Playoff Rondo, Rajon Rondo, uh, has just come out of nowhere. He had a very so-so regular season, but as soon as the playoff lights turned on, uh, so did his game, and he is playing lights out, uh, even scoring, rebounding. You know, he's averaging almost a triple-double or averaged almost a triple-double before that first series. And then you talk about Jeru Holiday, he is absolutely yeah. uh, dominant. You know, he yeah. shut down Damian Lillard, you know, throughout the series. Uh, you know, they thought it was Dame time, and it was not. It was... Uh, put him on holiday, you know, because he has the rest of the season to to watch. So, uh, hey, look out for the Pelicans. I think um, they're going to make some noise. It's going to be tough uh, against the Warriors. But um, if Steph Curry comes back, uh, I can't wait to see that series. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a great one. I'm definitely interested in what the matchup is going to be uh, because, I mean, you're going to have to wind up. You can't start, uh, what's the big, tall, white dude's name um, for the for Golden State? Uh, yeah, Zaza. Zaza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't start Zaza. So that means you're going to have to start, ah, uh, oh, geez, I'm drawing. JaVale like, McGee. Yeah, JaVale McGee. McGee. But uh, now Zaza will start. You know, McGee will get minutes, but the matchups will will change. You might even see some Kevin Durant guarding Anthony Davis at times. And, of course, they'll put Draymond Green on Davis uh, to try to body him at times as well. And even David West, the veteran, you know, he'll come in uh, to give some minutes. So, you know, I'm sure Steve Kerr is thinking about some different matchups as well. You know, that's looking ahead for him, but we'll give him the closeout against the Spurs. But he's definitely looking at some matchup ideas. I'm sure it'll be several people uh, guarding Anthony Davis throughout the series. Yeah, so shout out to N.O., man, round two of the playoffs. I think that's their first time being in the round two as well. So, yeah, shout out to the Pels. All right, uh, the Rockets and the Wolves. Rockets lead two games to one. They're currently, I can't see the score on the on the screen right now, but – uh, it's very close here, and I think in the second quarter, uh, the Wolves roar back, man, and get to get one game. Uh, we get to see the throwback uh, machine uh, <laughs> on Derrick Rose. Uh, has, he has a great game three. Uh, we could see what it could have been. You know, he has those games every once and then where you get reminded that that dude was an MVP. Carl Anthony Towns playing a little bit better, but he's still being played essentially even by Clint Capella, which is a matchup that they're going to need to win for them to make any hay in this series. Yeah, there was a Derrick Rose sighting. You know, he was kind of, you know, buried on the bench, you know, for the Timberwolves getting some, some spot minutes here or there. Uh, but so far in the first three games, he's averaging 21 minutes, 14 points a game. You can't beat that uh, for a backup point guard in, in 20 minutes of play. 
you know, but even the starter, Jeff Teague, he's played pretty well. But as you mentioned, if the Timberwolves are going to do anything in this series, Carl Anthony Towns has to step up. You know, all-star center has to elevate his game to try to uh, dominate Clint Capella, uh, who I'll say has gotten the better of Towns so far. Absolutely. Uh, Coach D'Antoni, though, says, you know, they're still the Rockets, even though they're up in the series. Uh, they're still out of sync, you know, and he says that even goes back to the end of the regular season when he started to rest some players to get ready for the playoffs. And he says that uh, backfired because that did nothing but throw the rhythm off for the team that they're still trying to get it back. James Harden drops 44 in game one, and then his shooting percentage is just taking a deep nosedive over the last two games, um, just uh, struggling to find his shot and to get into his rhythm as well. You know, it becomes one of those things, too. Again, nobody's expecting them to be, you know, a one versus eight to go down in this, you know, in this series or whatever. But it's also something, too, that, again, you've got a couple of players here that haven't been that far in the playoffs. The Chris Paul curse, you know, they'll make it out of round one, but can't they make it out of round two? You know, it it, it is what it is. Yeah, they're uh, they're a three-point shooting team, and, you know, the old adage, you know, you live by the three, you die by the three. Uh, they aren't dying yet, but, you know, that, that death could be uh, coming. Yeah, not likely in round one, uh, but, you know, round two is not going to be easy uh, moving forward. So, um, you know, the Rockets, like Coach D'Antoni said, they're out of rhythm. They need to get that rhythm back up the tempo, get all players involved, uh, you know, but they have to be happy when they can have two of 18 from James Harden and still win a game. You know, that's that's a game that you would typically say, oh, that's a loss. But if you can have two of 18 shooting from your MVP and still win a game, uh, you know, that is a positive sign right there. Uh, but the Timberwolves, uh, they have to even it up on their home floor uh, to have a chance in this series. Yeah, it's 32-29 as you like tonight? I, I think the Rockets um, will do enough to get by. I think the Rockets will do enough to get by. You know, unless, again, Carl Anthony Towns, as he uh, elevates his game to where it was early in the year, um, I think the Rockets will go up 3-1. All right. And our last game series or whatever, it is the Jazz. Uh, they're up 2-1 on the thir- on the Thunder. Hey, man, it was a Ricky Rubio, a triple-double. That If you ever, if I'm watching Ricky Rubio in his early career with the Timberwolves, if somebody would have ever told you that Ricky Rubio was going to have a triple-double in the playoff game, what would you expect? Absolutely no freaking way. Um, you know, Ricky Rubio played some great ball down the stretch for the Jazz, you know, to put him in this playoff position. Uh, so he has definitely elevated his game. you got to give some credit probably to Coach Quinn Snyder. Uh, he must be uh, in his head mentally, must be telling him all the things he wants to hear because he's been playing some great ball, uh, even playing some defense, you know, not something he's known for. Uh, but a triple-double in game three, Ricky Rubio playing some, some big ball. And uh, going back to even game two, uh, Oklahoma City had to be absolutely disappointed uh, that they let that one slip away, leading uh, going into the fourth quarter, but getting 0 for 14 shooting from the big three, just two yeah. points from from Westbrook, 
George and Carmelo. So if you get two points from them in your fourth quarter, uh, when those are your go-to guys, you know you're in trouble. Hey, give it up to Utah uh, being up 2-1 in this series. Yeah, I like the Jazz tonight, too. Um, I, I, uh, they are, I don't trust, I've been saying this since we've been doing the podcast, I don't trust Oklahoma City. Like, I just don't. They're as streaky as you could be, and they could get themselves streaked right out of two games in, <laughs> in Utah. Uh, nobody's going to expect Ricky Rubio to do what he did the other night. Uh, I think Nick Russell's exact quote was, yeah, I'm going to shut that shit down, uh, was the exact quote. Uh, he was just too comfortable in hitting those mid-range jumpers. Uh, so who do you like tonight? Well, Donovan Mitchell, of course, is the key. He's going to lead Utah, and he just needs a little help. And and Ricky Rubio stepped up. Teams have been consistently giving Rubio that shot throughout his career. And in Minnesota, he couldn't hit it. But of late, Ricky Rubio uh, is is hitting that shot and uh, yeah. played some big big minutes. Uh, so hey, if he if he steps up again uh, and gives Donovan Mitchell the help he needs. Uh, you may just be right. Uh, the Jazz, they might steal one and be up 3-1 in this series. I think uh, Westbrook and company got some. I think they'll even it up tonight. Yeah, I, I can't. I just don't. Man, I, I just don't believe them as a team. And you know how it is with Melo as well, who's struggling to find his shot. And playoff P, man, he hasn't really made that big of an appearance since game one. Yeah, playoff P has been peeing on himself of late. <laughs> it's not uh, not the playoff P they they've been one to see, but as yeah. you mentioned, they are a streaky team. So they had a good game one. They struggle for two games. I expect the streak to be back on the uptick uh, for game four. But uh, but hey, you know, watch out for uh, the big Frenchman in the middle as well, Rudy Gobert. He might do some things. Uh, as well. So, hey, game four is going to be big. Uh, Utah definitely needs to uh, keep the momentum to, uh, you know, seize this series possibly. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm looking looking forward to it uh, tonight. Um, All right. All right, so that really covers all the games uh, up through this point. All right, man, so Slick Rick the Ruler brought us in. I'll let you explain why you picked that song as he begins to play us out, and I'll tell you my, uh, my Slick Rick story. Well, I thought I kind of just said it. I was waiting on you to figure it out. Oh, the reason man, Slick Rick, the reason Slick Rick uh, played us in and is playing us out is for just that Slick Rick, Ricky Rubio. So I'm dedicated <laughs> to Ricky Rubio going into triple-double. So the song Slick Rick, Children's Story, 1988, uh, is dedicated to... The Spaniard, Ricky Rubio, Slick uh, Rick. He does slick uh, his hair back, too, so you got to... He does, yeah. I mean, he looks... So. Well, and we have to remember, when he did come into the league, I mean, he was literally wet behind the ears after that, you know, he got all that press and pub from the Dream Team performance plan for Spain, and so when he did come over. But he clearly wasn't physically ready to play in the rigors of the league. Like, he just wasn't. I mean, he looked like a little kid. He still looks like a damn little kid. He just has a beard now. But, you know, as his body is filled out, he obviously has some skills. And, you know, he probably just needed to get out of Minnesota. You know, they had drafted like three point guards in a row anyway. So, you know, Minnesota wasn't exactly uh, the most stable of franchises at the time when he was there either. So, but, all right. So, yeah, back to my Slick Rick story. Okay, so I get uh, shout out to Big Frank. Uh, he, he, he messaged me. It was I think it was in December. 
he was like, hey, man, there's going to be a, a, a Slick Rick concert in like Delray Beach, just a solid hour south of me and probably about 45 minutes north of him. He's like, hey, you want to go? I was like, uh, how much is the tickets? He's like, oh, it's like $25 at some little club in Delray. I was like, you know what? Cool. All right, I'm going to go. We're going to go see Slick Rick. All right, so I'll meet you over there. All right, so uh, he buys his ticket. I buy my ticket. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go down there, tell my wife. I'm like, hey, we're going to go see Slick Rick or whatever. She's like, who? Okay, right. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to go do this with him. So something wound up happening, and the concert wound up getting delayed by a week. And so I couldn't, you know, wind up going in the, the weekend that it was going to be then. I wasn't able to go. So I just happened to be driving down there. We're going to the beach. I'm pulling through like a Chick-fil-A to go to drive through to get the kids. And I pull into the Chick-fil-A. And guess who's sitting there? Bunch of dope chains sitting there. Eye patch over his eye. And damn slick. Ruler <laughs> loves Chick-fil-A. That's right, man. Love Chick-fil-A. I was like, let's go. All right. <laughs> I, just, I wonder. I wonder if he sleeps in those uh, bad old chains. You know, it's always. I always wondered that. You know, in years. But Slick Rick, he's the man. Yeah. So I, you know, you always get to that point where you want to know bother people. And I was like, we're also not. You know, we ain't exactly in a fancy restaurant. But, but my wife was like, don't be bothering that man. And I was like, all right, fine. But yeah, I was you know bother Slick Rick while he was you know eating a waffle fry. But I didn't, so, all right. <laughs> all right, so that's it. So, yeah, all right, so we start to wrap up this uh, last night in the association, uh, or the podcast, remember, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn app, uh, I don't know, all those podcasting apps, uh, find it, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Again, y'all have been doing a great job of that. Uh, the one thing that I keep forgetting to put in the show notes that you keep forgetting to tell me is that we got to get through this league of best player team thing. Like we keep, I keep forgetting it, and then you keep forgetting to remind me. So we, we got to get that back on, and we've gone to a much more updated schedule here. You know, getting in. You know, I think it's the third podcast in a week here as the playoffs starting to run through. So uh, I have to remember remember what team we're on. I think Minnesota was actually the last team, and that one was easy. Last we team. Play we're, it out. we're actually we're on the Seventy Sixers, and I think for our next podcast, this is how we'll do it. We'll just tell you the our top players for the franchises, and then we'll let the listeners uh, send us messages to let us know if they agree or disagree, and that will be a, a, a great way to uh, get the listeners involved because I'm sure uh, we'll ruffle some feathers, especially with this next especially one. Especially that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be harsh for some people, uh, very harsh. So, yeah, so that's it, really, man. All right, so as Slick Rick the Ruler starts to play us out, this is a song, by the way, that will come on at any time. I still, I mean, 1988, I still know every freaking word to it. Like, it doesn't, mm, I've known every word for 20-plus years, so. There's about five songs when you think of old-school hip-hop. This is definitely one of them. You know, this is a a true old-school hip-hop classic. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's a podcast to be had about, you know, how this came out and then his, you know, jail sentence that, you know, essentially robbed him of the prime of his career for essentially nothing uh, also. Uh, but, I mean, that's probably been on Unsung on TV once. Uh, probably, if it hadn't been, it needs to be. Uh, so, all right. So, yeah, that Rick, Rick, Slick Rick the Ruler starts to play us out. Uh, hey, man, tell them where they can find you. Hey, look me up at 
Will Stack W I L L S T A C K S on Instagram. Let me know what you think of this week in the association. Actually, last night in the association through the playoff. Or hit me up on Twitter. That's at Mr. Waters 77 at M R W A T E R S 77. Let me know what you think of the broadcast. Give us your thoughts or some topics to talk about. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, remember, you can find me at Brothers Comics on SoundCloud, oh, SoundCloud on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. B R O T H A S C O M I C S at Brothers Comics. Uh, yeah, man, let's let us know. Review, subscribe, give us notes. We love to hear them. So, all right. So that's it, man. So I'm going to sit here and watch the rest of this Tim Wolves Rockets game. Go Wolves, man. I'm putting on the cape for the Midwest. And uh, that's going to be it. So we'll catch up with y'all probably. It'll be a couple of closeout games, so probably a little bit middle of the week, Thursday or so, as we get through some of these closeout games, depending upon the NBA schedule. Who knows? All right. We'll look forward to uh, the next podcast. But until then, we'll back this out. Peace. All right, y'all. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. He knew he was wrong, so he let the lady go and he starts to run on. Uh-huh. Sirens sounded, he seemed astounded, and before long the little boy got surrounded. He dropped his gun, so went the glory, and this is the way I have to end this story. He was only 17 what? in a madman's dream. The cop shot the kid, I still hear him scream. This ain't funny, so don't you dare laugh. Uh-huh. Just another case about the wrong path. Uh-huh. Straight and arrow or your soldiers cast. Good night, good night, good night. Knock him out the box.